Alright, well, so Odo uh, starts losing control of his form, like he starts melting, basically. God. And, yeah, like he, he just... He already looks like he's melting, though. Well, no, but he was smooth, but he sort of becomes Puddle Cop at one point, like... Bashir oh. tells him to stay in the infirmary, and he's like, no, I can do it, I'm going to go, and like, goes to uh, confront some people who are smuggling, and he just turns into a puddle there. It's weird. <laughs> anyway. I think that is, I'm imagining this, like, an actual puddle with just, like, his face floating on it. Not far from it. Uh, oh, but he, um, has to go back to his home planet, and the other changelings the founders because only they can heal him uh because basically they implanted fox dye in him or something uh so it's because he killed another changeling and no changeling has ever harmed another changeling you know ape does not kill ape etc oh sure and so they triggered whatever this is in him so he would have to come back and so he can be judged and they judge him and his punishment is that he will now be human. So now, Smooth Cop is human. Oh no. He's spending all his time in Quirks getting blasted. But uh, what? What? I mean, he's in Quirks, he's getting drunk, because when he was in uh, oh, okay. previous form, he could not drink or eat. You and I might have uh, different interpretations of what blasted means. Uh, is he still smooth? I think so. Is human yes. Odo's smooth? Yeah, okay, they, good. they kept his face. Bashir is like, what is up with your face? Why is it still like that? And he's like, they left it that way as a reminder of what <laughs> I was and what I will always be. It's a good Richard Nixon uh, impression, if you ask me. Yeah, what we got bad. this week? Uh, Larry, before there was Ethan Hunt, before there was Jason Bourne, before there was even a Xander Cage, there was James Bond. In 1995, MGM released GoldenEye, starring Piss Brosnan as 00 Agent 007. <laughs> Wait, hold on, what was that name? <laughs> Pierce Brosnan. Oh, Pierce, okay. Yeah, what, what did I say? No, never mind, go on. Okay, as uh, 007, James Bond. The movie was a box office smash and revitalized the James Bond franchise. Looking to capitalize on the film's success, Hiroshi Yamamuchi approached Rare and suggested a video game adaptation. Uh, and so, leading a small, mostly inexperienced team, Martin Hollis would create a video game adaption that would go down as a classic. The best of all time. Important. A cherished gem. Revolutionary. Anyway, let's talk about this turd. Uh, GoldenEye. This is a bad game. Yeah. Yeah. A really bad game. I liked it a lot back then. Because sure. I didn't have anything else. Yeah, it's almost like there was no other real good point of reference for a first-person shooter on a console. Especially the Nintendo 64. Like, th there was Turok, I think, actually came out before uh, and compared to it... Turok, was it I before? Think that... I want to say Turok was before. Yeah, maybe. Look, if you can look that up for me, because uh, you clicking and clacking on your keyboard does not pick up on the mic. Okay. Uh, Goldeneye came out on August twenty fifth, nineteen ninety seven. Though it was what? So, 
Probably August nineteen ninety seven. Nineteen ninety seven. Yeah. Uh, let's see. The first Turok. Oh, let's go about five wiki pages deep in here to find the release date. <laughs> uh, March ninety seven. So just a bit before. Oh, all right. Yeah. So just a just a tiny bit. Uh, yeah. I actually thought it probably would have been a lot more than that, but I guess not. Uh, I mean, yeah, like sixty four came out in like late ninety six. So. Oh, right. I don't know why I always think it was, like, early 96. So that was well, when the PlayStation came still. out. But, like, no, that PlayStation was, was 95. about it. Right? Wasn't PlayStation 95? Uh, PlayStation, I'm pretty sure it was 95. Yeah, okay. Uh, well, I'm sure there there had to have been, like, some decent first-person shooters on the PlayStation before GoldenEye. Nope. But, like, specifically with GoldenEye's, uh, with the Nintendo 64's fucked-up controller... Like, your point of reference was Turok from a few months earlier, and then GoldenEye. And I think, like, comparatively, GoldenEye is a better game than Turok. Yes. I'm I'm not sure if that would be a controversial statement, even coming from someone who thinks that GoldenEye is not particularly good. Uh, how would you compare it to Turok 2? I've not played Turok 2, so I could not compare it. I think Turok 2 might be better than GoldenEye. Hmm... Like, the, the main thing that I remember between the two of them is that Turok's draw distance fucking sucks. Yes. It's like, everything is just bathed in that fog. Uh, whereas, like, GoldenEye, the draw distance is actually surprisingly good. That's right. It um, just results in a frame rate of about four frames per second. Yeah, sure. Like, I'm not saying it's perfect. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. the draw rate is still actually pretty bad. It's just remarkably good for the Nintendo 64. Like, you can snipe in GoldenEye. There's there's not a lot of other Nintendo 64 games where you could do something like sniping. Yeah, that was a big deal. I remember yeah. it being in magazines, like, oh, look how far you can zoom in and you can shoot them. Oh, and you can shoot them in the nuts and they'll react to getting shot in the nuts. I mean, that's actually uh, probably the best thing about GoldenEye. Yes. Yeah, the body-specific damage, like being able to knock guns out of hands and shooting someone's hat off and then they go, my hat! Yeah. Of course, this also comes at the price of stuff like um, when enemies funnel through doors and you can't shoot the one behind him because the bullets are just getting absorbed into the guy in front. Except they can still shoot you. Don't worry about it. Yeah, because their hand, like their whole arm will just clip through the dude's body that they're using as a meat shield. Yeah. And, like, enemies are so spongy in that game, too, so when you do have just this wall of dudes, it takes forever to clear them and then get to the guys behind them. And, and boy, also, there's a lot of levels in this game that are just very narrow hallways that enemies funnel through. Also, uh, once you start shooting, again, the frame rate goes down, so it becomes a real chore to get through anywhere. Yeah, I, I would describe most of GoldenEye as a real chore. True. Uh, this is a perfect example of one of those games that is a well-renowned classic, and yet, if you ask anybody to describe any part of it, people only remember the first level. Yeah, the, the, they either remember uh, the dam, or just having a lot of fun, generally speaking, in multiplayer. Or the tank. The tank level, I guess. Yeah, I guess, even though like the, I think the tank level also does not hold up. If, if you go back and you just play the dam... And like maybe facility, or no, it's not facility. What's the the second one? Uh, uh, no, it is facility. 
I, I'm thinking yeah, I'm yeah, confusing that with uh, I'm confusing that with like Bunker for some reason. Yes. Yeah, Bunker's way later. Po- yeah, Bunker's also just a fucking shit show. Oh yeah, and also like you say that about yeah. the draw distance, but also there are those snow levels where you can't see anything. Oh yeah, purpose, um, actually. But... So to finish up my 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 thought though, where I was going with that was, uh, yeah, if you play like, the first couple of levels, it's fine. It's an okay game. Like, even even Runway is a decent, albeit very short level. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like it really starts falling apart the further you get into it. Um, Bunker in particular, uh, you really have to rely on stealth in that level, and it doesn't exactly prop you up well to get through it stealthily at the start. Because uh, that's the one where you have no weapons, you're in the jail cell. Like At best, you use your watch to get like the throwing knives, which, by the way, blow. Like, trying to aim with those things is such a nightmare. Uh, and if you, like, alert anybody in this game, guards will just start funneling in, like, infinitely. There's just no end to them. So that level in particular, where you have, like, all these turrets hanging off the walls, everything is very narrow corridors. Like, if you're trying to do any of, like, the more objective-based difficulties, like double O on that level, it is it, so bad. Because uh, I beat this whole thing on double O. Like, that was my goal when I went back and wanted to replay it. Yeah? Because I'm in... <laughs> Congratulations. Were you waiting for me to clap for you? No, I was waiting for you to just say anything. <laughs> like, oh. literally anything. I, okay, <laughs> well, Bunker also was the one with Natasha. Uh, yeah, you but you can leave her in the jail zone, which is, like, the way that you're supposed to do it, I think. Like, you're supposed yeah, to go uh... around and stuff and then release her I don't think you're supposed to I think that's the best way to do it but I don't mm. think that's what they actually intended there's a whole lot of levels where you have to escort around to which is why it's like especially like you, you get to the jungle which is like the only level where they arm Natasha and then she just like wipes everybody out yeah it's like <laughs> Natasha should have had a gun this whole time and you wouldn't even have to yeah. do anything when Zinnia was, like, rushing me down on the bridge, Natasha just started going blap, 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 and murdered her before I even got a chance. It was fucked. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, there's the final boss level where you just dump into Alec as he's running around, and you have to wait for him to run to a specific spot. So he gets down there, then you go down and you shoot him in the end. Yeah. Or karate chop him as I did because I ran out of ammo by that point. Uh, yeah, like I did not have enough to kill him. Yes, because that also has infinitely spawning enemies, and you're just running around in a circle for a while. Oh yeah, no, it's a real, real good way to end that game. The music in that level is really good. The music in general, it is. Nice. Music's the high point. Yeah, that was Grant Kirko. Kirko. Yeah. Like the, uh, I think this was like the first one that he worked on. Uh, when he when he jumped on at rare, I like I think he was. I can't remember exactly. I want to say he was like kind of fucking around with some other stuff. I think he was like trying to. Uh, God, he's like trying to encode the soundtrack of like Donkey Kong Country Two on the Game Boy or something like that, and then got uh, moved over to the Gold Nineteen. He didn't do the uh, original Donkey Kong Country soundtracks. No, not at all. That no, was, uh, was somebody Wise. else whose name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I was like, I 
forget who did that, but yes, I'm pretty sure it's David Wise. I guess I just always assume Grant Kirkhope has just been with Rare since the beginning. Yeah, that, that kind of makes sense. Like, I I at least know more, like, the Nintendo 64 is when he jumped on because he has a very particular sound that it just isn't present in the Donkey Kong Country games. Yeah, I, I get that. But I also... Like, I also kind of extend that to, like, what they were doing at that point in time, which would be stuff like the Killer Instinct, like, coin-op. Uh, which is, like, a bit before him. Yeah. So, okay. I don't know. Grant, Kirk- Grant Kirkhope is a treasure. Yes. The one saving grace about this game is that Grant Kirkhope was allowed to work on it. <laughs> oh, man. Um... Yeah, just also, uh, you brought up those some levels, like the ones where you're out in the snow, and there are a lot of levels that are just dark as shit, like uh, caverns, which is great for my TV, because, um, so I, I think we mentioned in a lot of the games that I'm playing as part of the show, I'm, I'm running them off of a, a, a retro pie, which is kind of the whole reason we named the show the way that we did, uh, but Nintendo 64 games infamously do not emulate well. Very. No. Uh, they especially run like trash on a Raspberry Pi 3 because it just doesn't have the hardware good enough to run those games smoothly uh, without overclocking it, and I'm not going to like fuck my Pi up to play some Nintendo 64 games. Uh, instead, I fucked my wallet up because uh, I pulled out my uh, actual N64 and I bought an upscaler and I went and started collecting just a ton of carts for the Nintendo 64 Uh might have been a bad idea because all the Nintendo 64 games that I've actually played so far for this podcast, I think, are terrible. Yep. Uh, so Goldeneye, I played on an actual cart. Uh, so on my uh, big, expensive new smart TV, uh, the blacks are so crushed in Goldeneye that there are some levels where you cannot see like more than a few feet in front of your face without having to like get in deep on the picture settings and like really blow the brightness all the way out. Very cool. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> it's a really fun way to play that game. Uh like in particular Arc not Archives, um Statue Park was one where like even with blowing it way out, I kinda had no idea where I was going. So I had to like look at a map and just kind of hug the wall and let it just take me on a loop around the level. Is this a result of the upscaler? Because I would guess, like, I would have thought the black levels would be pretty low. But, like, the opposite problem. There's there's some setting on this TV in particular. I, I don't, off the top of my head, don't quite recall what it's named. But uh, it's basically like this auto-contrast thing that it does, that it detects over HDMI. And it's always set to auto-detect, even though I keep telling it to turn itself off. Uh, because if it's on, that's the thing that crushes everything really partially. Oh, okay. In in most Nintendo 64 games I've done this with, if I turn it off, the game looks totally fine. But like GoldenEye in particular, I think that game was just very dark in general in some levels because it's still bad in a few levels. Mm-hmm. Um, it, like, mostly caverns and statue park like those are the two words really really rough right i i remember watching the giant bomb video series die another friday and it was pretty much like impossible to tell what was happening in like the jungle level specifically and that uh the cavern one 
Uh, jungle wasn't like. I think jungle's issue isn't so much that it's uh, dark. That's like just the one level where they did the Turok haze, for whatever reason. That and just like everything is green, like uh, yeah. green and it's, brown. It's just a mush. Yeah, that's also like the most framey level. Like the frame rate takes a dive in GoldenEye often, but like jungle in particular, there's something with that level that it just cannot handle. Yeah. They, they should maybe foliage. just like cut that level out. Maybe. Yeah. They didn't, though. They... No. I mean, that's the this one was... where you fight Xenia. You got to have it in there. Yeah. This was their vision. They, did they, you know, they uh, really went for it. Did you know Alan Cumming had a TV show? No. It was on, I guess, for two seasons and just got canceled. It was like one of those <sighs> cop procedural shows or whatever where he was like a mentalist or I don't know. It was one of Wait, those. What? It was a lie to me type Seriously? thing. Yes. It's called like what was it? Instinct, I think. I had no oh, idea man. it existed until I saw like some article on Deadline about Alan Cummings show cancelled. And I was like, Oh, that sucks. I like him. Say a prayer for working after Alan Cumming. That's right. Boris himself. Or Nightcrawler, depending on your preference. Uh Nightcrawler. Ah, uh, I like Boris. He's invincible. Boris he is, says, "Sure." Nightcrawler pen. had more screen time, though. Ah, uh, yeah, I like Nightcrawler. Yeah, Alan Cumming, um, son of the Mask, fame. <laughs> I was just about to say my actual preference, though, was son of the Mask, Alan <laughs> Cumming. <laughs> of course, you know that's to- that's a solid number three. Uh, yeah, um. My my experience with Goldeneye back in the day, though, uh, really wasn't to do with, like, the single player, of course. Because, like, I think as as much as you definitely have people out there who kind of hold Goldeneye's single, single player up on this pedestal and act like that still makes it one of the greatest of all times. Like, the multiplayer is what everyone really came to that thing for uh, back in the day. Um, so I, I definitely remember a lot of, like... We we didn't play games together as a family very often, but like Goldeneye was the one thing where like my dad, my stepmother, my sister, we would all kind of get into it and like place really dumbass like low level bets on like you know for like ice cream sandwiches and bullshit like that, like really dumb things that you just do because you're a kid. You're not going to make an act, but like I I have like a lot of nostalgia for for that and like turning DK mode and like the, the paintball gun and everything like that on. Is this uh, is this where your like really bad gambling habits started? <laughs> this might be this might be the genesis of it all is making bets on Golden I sixty four. No. <laughs> Explains a lot, in fact. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Thanks, Pat. All you got me a Twin idea. Peaks book. <laughs> worst bet. Oh yeah, boy. it was really fucking terrible bet. Uh, but yeah, like I, so when, when going back and wanting to like kind of sit down and review this thing and take like a good long look at everything that the game had to offer, I invited some poor saps over to my home to play GoldenEye multiplayer. Uh, I got Jacob, who we've mentioned on this uh, podcast before, and I grabbed Danny, uh, who I don't think I've brought up. He and I used to do, uh, basically play games together on the YouTubes. We don't do that anymore, really, uh, but... 
uh, I, I can't remember where we uh, posted our last like game of the year thing. I think that actually might have been on the same channel, though. I think so. But assuming we do that as part of this, we might. It's possible we could have Danny on at some point. Oh, um, yeah, that'd be neat. Man. Uh, but I, I invited them over, and uh, I know that Danny has played it before. Jacob has never laid hands upon Goldeneye. Lucky. Yeah, part of his sheltered existence, where I have to explain literally everything that was a thing around the time that he has been alive. Like, Goldeneye is one of those. Uh, uh, big shock if you sit people down in 2019 and you make them play Goldeneye, they fucking hate it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I actually didn't really like it at the time, either. Uh, Perfect but Dark, I'm... though. I like Perfect Dark. Oh, Perfect Dark is... I hesitate to say great, because I have not actually sat down and played that as part of this yet, and again, I've hated every N N64 game I've played so far. So Well, if you're playing know. it on an actual N64, I don't really know how that'll turn out. Oh, yeah. uh, I played it recently, I played the uh, 360 port, still good. Mm. That's the I way mean, to play it, because you can play it like an actual video game. Yeah. Left stick move, right Amazing stick game. It's amazing what having two analog sticks does for first-person shooters. Yeah, especially if you actually use them and you're not like Nintendo or uh, Retro, who are just like, I don't know, we're going to make a Metroid shooter, but uh, we're going to make it control like um, Doom for the Super Nintendo, because that's great. Yeah, that's everyone's favorite point of reference for a first-person shooter. Yep. That specific version of Doom, nothing else. Yep. I mean, that's apparently what they used as their guidebook for it. I oh, hope they actually... put a port of the Metroid Prime games for Switch and actually let you control them like normal. Yeah, like the the only reason the Metroid Prime games are not a, a part of this podcast is because I remember just having a very difficult time controlling them in general. Um yeah, I was looking forward but, to the But you know first that didn't one. stop me from putting Goldeneye on because my brain is damaged. Well, yes. Uh, I was looking forward to the first Metroid Prime, and I did not play much of it before being like, I know. That was my first experience with Metroid, was Metroid Prime. Wow. I've played none of the other ones before that. Like, keep in mind, though, before that, the only Nintendo consoles I had was the original Game Boy, and uh, I sure shit wasn't going to play Metroid 2. Ugh. No. And, uh... The Nintendo 64, which uh, didn't even have no goddamned Metroid on it, which, on Look, retrospect, was probably for the best. Yes, I I was going to say it's probably not a bad thing. Yeah, maybe maybe a good call having that be the console that they skipped. Like considering how enamored they were with making everything 3D at that point, like it basically yeah. would have just been a worse Metroid Prime. Yeah, it'd either be that or, like, some really janky attempt at, like, a third-person shooter. Maybe. So I don't think there were really, like, any of those at that point in time, but I could see Nintendo, like, going for it. The first third-person shooter I remember was Max Payne. Yeah, and that was, um... It was, like, 2000. Max Payne was, what, like, 99? No, 2000? Uh, it was, like, 2000. It was after the okay. Matrix, because that bullet time. Oh, right. 
Yeah, uh, no, we we still had fun with the multiplayer, though, like in the sense of how you'd have fun watching a train get derailed. Yeah. Like when you when you turn on DK mode and everyone is just running around karate chopping and throwing mines like it's still fun because it's just so such like a goofy ass dumb thing to be wasting your time with. Like, nothing about GoldenEye from an actual, like, serious perspective of, like, oh, I'm going to sit down and have, like, a competitive match against my friends. Like, fucking get real. Also, how they did not put any sort of animation for crouch walking in the game, so if you crouch and move, you just slide around. Like Gumby, just slipping and sliding all over the place. Yeah, that's what Gumby's known for, is sliding around. (laughs) Yeah. No, uh, all mines is a fun way to play that. Just watch the frame rate dip down to like four. Yeah, <laughs> everything's blowing up, and the N sixty four is shitting itself. Honestly, probably lower like, than four. Like it might be in the negative. Yeah, it, like yeah, it, it, it's still fun, and it does actually like it makes me feel nostalgic for this point in time. This one very specific point in time where you could not sit down and actually take multiplayer in a first-person shooter seriously at all. Because even back then, I don't remember anyone who treated GoldenEye multiplayer like it was an actual, like, competitive thing and not something oh, that you just jerked around it. It happened. Believe me. It did? Uh, yes. It's like the whole no-screen-peaking thing, you know? Oh, well, sure. Yeah, I guess that, that makes sense. You got those weirdos who would make, like, cardboard dividers. Yes, weirdos like Dan Reichert. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah it, it, there are definitely people who took it seriously. They should not have... Just like you should not take it seriously now. Uh, no. Where, where's the GoldenEye I... Esports League? <laughs> I want to see Look, some casters you... talking about how uh, Jaws has picked up the auto shotgun. Oh, he picked our job! He picked our job! They just scream <laughs> in the mind. <laughs> losing their damn minds. Uh, uh, you know, uh, odd jobs in the meta right now. Uh, until the the developers are kind of looking at it, they're determining the best best course of action, COA uh, course of action. Go. He's a real good counter pick for Doctor Kanenga. <laughs> That's right. You know they're not sure if they're going to actually patch him out. They say you know we don't want to nerf any character. We want to make the other stronger. So they're looking at uh, making Jaws about three feet shorter. Uh, you know we're doing uh, DK mode exhibitions after this. Uh... My turn paintball on it. Yeah, I... Yeah, I, I, I never took it that seriously. Like, we never gave a shit about screen peeking. Um, you almost kind of have to, because that radar is not good. Yeah, It's just like, levels. here's a dot of people... Yeah. yeah, they're all, like, multi-storied, so, like, you see a dot, you have no idea if somebody's, like, above or below you, you just know whether or not they're in front of you. Yeah, and all the levels are just like, here's a bunch of hallways, good luck. Yeah. Everything here's a bunch of the same. same texture over and over again. Laid yeah. out in a labyrinth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. But you, yeah, we, we still had fun with it. That was okay. the one part of GoldenEye that I had a good time with. Like that and, and the first few levels. When I went back and I sat down and I played it. Like after the dam and just like picking the controller up and then moving James Bond a few feet and going, oh, this doesn't feel good. Yeah. So I played <laughs> this with, um, oh, what's it called? Project something. There's a thing you can download. Project... What? I think it's just Project 64, isn't it? Uh, no. Let me. Oh, it's. Called... I might be thinking of like an. 
there is an emulator called Project 64. This is okay, 9, 1964 GEPD edition, uh, but basically allows that's... you to play GoldenEye with mouse and keyboard controls, and that makes the game completely trivial. It's no, I'm fun sure. to do because you can just run around and blast your way through everything. Full frame rate, mouse aiming, it's a good time. Also, though, frame rate makes you run out of ammo super fast because those guns fire quick when uh, there's not like a horrible frame rate limiting it. And so you can just blow through a clip on a guy in a second. I do kind of like the idea of dumping the, the club like it's a semi-automatic, though. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds that sounds pretty good. Wait, the, wait, what do you mean like a semi-automatic? Wait, was the club a handgun? No, the club's a submachine okay. gun. Okay, that's never mind then. I thought it was the uh, the big chunky silver like brick. Oh no no, that's a P. Um, that's like P fifty or something. Okay, yeah, I've flipped him in my head. I just remember like the club is not the gun that you ever really wanted to use. Which and is I weird, also did not like that big clunky gun. Uh, yeah, Clob is not really that. I think it is statistically definitely the worst gun, but I never really had an issue with it. Um, I thought you were just like misunderstanding gun terms again, as you no, 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 tended to no. do in the past. And by the way, yes, I am aware I said clip instead of magazine. I don't care. Uh, I do. Really like the RCP ninety though. Now that's a go. Sure. Goes yeah. yeah. Imagine that on an unlocked frame rate. Fuck. It, it's really something. Found in a second. It's like even the AK just like goes fast. Yeah, I I imagine that would make the game incredibly easy because a lot of the enemies just run into the room, stand still, and then shoot it. Yeah, again, uh, which though, is kind of how it had to work that, given that the way we, that the Nintendo sixty four controller was laid out and the way that you would even play a first person shooter on that. Yeah, it, it's again the meat shield thing becomes a major problem with that because you can just it really it really makes you realize just how limited the ammo is in that game. Like you don't get a lot of it. No, I mean, I even had levels where I was running out of stuff. Like, a oh, yeah. train, you really have to conserve your ammo on double O agent. You have to go for headshots because it does not give you a lot of opportunities to, like, pick up enough to get to the end of that thing and live. Yep. Um, but even playing it like that, though, some of the objectives and stuff are just like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do here. Oh, sure. Yeah, no, put the thing on the modem. Oh, that I know, because it tells you, like, put, put it on the modem. Doesn't it? Yeah. Well, no. It's a, it's like a screen that's on like the side of a building that you would totally run past unless you knew it was there. Right. So it's like okay, no, I know yeah. I put this on the modem, but like the first time through, it's like where the fuck is the modem? Okay. Like you would think it's there's that like um, you get to the dam itself and you can go down into the bottom of it, and if you go to the end of that hallway, there's like a server room and a bunch of computers. You would think, oh, it's got to be oh, there. Yeah. But like. It, or maybe it was like a jammer or something like that. But like, there's a device that you have to put on a screen that's just located on the side of this building, and you would just have no idea because it, well, it if points you go to up, your back when you're running through the level. If you and go it's also up like to behind it. a bunch of boxes on top if you, of that. If you go up to that screen and you press the action button, though, I think it says something like, you need the modem, or whatever it is that you it need does. to put on it. It does, yeah. yeah. But like a lot of th those objectives in Double O were kind of designed around like, 
oh, you've played a lot of this game, so you've, like, poked around into every nook and cranny, and you've probably seen stuff that, like, as you're going through it now, you can go, oh, maybe it's this. Yeah, um, I guess but so. But if, if it's your first time through, or somebody like me who has not played a game in, like, at least a decade, like, a lot of those were really obtuse, and I had to kind of, like, consult a guy just to know, okay, I need to go here and do I mean, also just stuff like the end of the train level, where it's like, all right, I guess I have to wait around for this thing. Or maybe I don't. I guess I just have to open this hatch and get out, except you have to wait for it for a certain point, I guess, before you get out. Right? Yeah, yeah. on top of that, you also... So, the end of the train level... Oh, and then, um, yes, you have to run away from it, but you can't run one way, you have to run the other way. So, Zinnia's held captive... Or Zinnia is holding Natasha captive, uh, Alec is there, and so is uh, General Oromov. And you have to, like, shoot at them so they release Natasha without killing her. And if you shoot the both of them enough that you technically killed them, then it buys you more time when Natasha is hacking. And so on double O, you pretty much have to do that. Uh, and you have a very, very small window to get it done. On top of just it controlling very poorly. Uh-huh. Uh, and then you have to wait for Natasha to finish the hack then jump down out of the hatch, and then you need to run left away from the train, because the other way is just a bunch of enemies that will murder you. That's to the right, isn't it? No, it's to the left. Like, you get out, you go to the left. Um, no, 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 yeah, yeah, the right. Okay. Um, also, you have so little time, you have right. to, like, do the diagonal run trick from old video games. Yeah, so I, I actually kind of want to talk about exactly how this game controls for anyone who's not played it, because to really understand, you need to have it laid out. Uh, the N64 this is not necessary. controller. Only one analog stick. So all your movement is on that. You cannot get any like up or down movement really unless like you hold down, I think it's the R trigger. And then you stand still and you get a reticle that pops up that you can like precision aim, but it's the N64. So it is extremely slippery. Like it has, you, you barely tap it and you're sliding all the way off to the corner of the screen. So trying to do that already just sucks unless you're in like a a stealth scenario where you're directly behind someone and they don't know you're there and you can take your time or like you're sniping someone who has no idea you're there if you're in any kind of firefight this is not what you want to do uh so there's like some degree of tracking in the game where your bullets are going to find their target uh, as long as you're just generally shooting where the person's at uh which helps a little bit um and then, like, you can you can strafe around, uh, and w- the, the thing that, like, if you really want to just haul ass through the level is, like, you pitch yourself down towards the ground, and then you strafe around, and, like, the game has some sort of mathematical error where it will just keep ramping your speed up until Bond is just, like, sprinting like the Roadrunner through the entire level. So the thing is, that's not too different from other games, though, like specifically in shooters it was always that it was taking both your forward and sideways speed and combining them and that's why you would always run diagonally uh it was also the case in like the older hit uh, hitman games uh, i remember specifically a thing in hitman 1 uh hitman codename 47 was you could run diagonally while holding a body uh mm. you couldn't run like forward with one but you could run diagonally with it and so that was the way like you would shoot somebody and then really quickly get the body like dump it in a drain or whatever 
but yes, and it's also the same thing as like with bunny hops and all of that stuff. It's yeah. just weird ways the game's calculating speed. It's part of what makes watching speedruns of GoldenEye impossible, though, because those are entirely them staring at the ground. Sure. I mean, if you're looking at <laughs> a speedrun of Half-Life or whatever, at least you can kind of see what's yeah. going on. Yeah. Uh, which also is how I had to beat the tank level, because on that one in Double O, they give you such a rigid uh, time constraint, and you have to go and do all this other stuff, like you need to... Um, Oh, I forget the character's name, but that the the dude like the Russian mafia guy that Bond meets with. Right. Yeah, you got to go find him in a room. But uh, on that one, like if you get in the tank, it's actually too slow to really finish that objective. Uh, and just on top of that, like all these mines and everything you have to get around, there's a really good chance you're just going to die. So to beat that, I just had to like do the strafe run through the entire level and just run past everybody. My um. My main story for Goldeneye when I was a child is I kept failing the tank level over and over and I had no idea why. And the reason was that I was running over every car I possibly could because the objectives say uh, minimize civilian casualties. And as a, I don't know, six-year-old child or whatever, uh, I thought casualties is something that's casual and cars are casual. So I gotta destroy all the cars. Even now, I'm not really sure why that mattered, because I would assume that if a tank is coming down the street, and there are all these soldiers and everything around, people aren't just sitting in their cars, but hey, well I know. No, it's like when you have a down power line, they tell you to stay in your car. You see a tank, you gotta stay in your car. I don't think You don't get out idea. on the street, the, the street's where the tank is. No, uh, look, I, I saw what happened at Tiananmen Square. You don't want to repeat of that, believe me. A single Russian soldier getting into the middle of the street and trying to halt Bond's tank. And he just runs him over. Yeah. Like a bit in Austin Powers with a steamroller. <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah, there's like, there's a, the, the thing that's nice about this game. Uh, that we definitely hit a, a bit of a snag with last week is that this game is incredibly well documented uh, with its development history. Uh, so I pulled up a bunch of fun facts and trivia for Goldeneye, uh, probably most of which people might already know. Great. Uh, 38 minutes in. Yeah. I'm very glad you spent that time recapping how the controls work. Here we go. Uh, no, some of the stuff I just wanted to pick out was uh, that this game was apparently being made around the same time as Blast Core, which is actually oh. a good rare game that came out on the Nintendo 64. Yeah. Uh, which is something Blast that I did not know. I actually thought that Blast Core might have came out like long after the fact. That seemed to me like something that they had finished up all their big games and were just like, we want to fuck around with like a smaller project. But nah. I know. Came they knew what they were Goldeneye. doing. You know, uh, Goldeneye and like... Blast Core, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, they do one game for the corporate people, and then they do one game for oh, themselves. Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, Goldeneye was ostensibly both, uh, because, it, again, it was suggested to them to do Goldeneye, and then very well known that nobody there wanted to hop on that project, which is why it was given to Martin Hollis, uh, who's a huge Bond head, apparently. Bondies, uh, they like Yeah. And a team of, uh, it was like less than 10 people who like they hadn't really um, developed a game before. They were all fairly inexperienced. 
And so they threw this thing together, and then, like, as it was uh, progressing in development, like, Ken Lob was going fucking bananas over it, and it started to, like, really impress everybody else working at Rare, but it, it was still that, like, really small team that, you know, they got it because nobody else wanted it. Uh, Ken Lob went bananas over it and then was rewarded by having the worst gun in the game named after him. Uh, the, the, the little bit that I didn't actually know was that Kinlob, I guess, was like petitioning Nintendo for a long time to make there there be like four controller ports on the Nintendo sixty four. Like, I guess Nintendo only wanted two on that thing. Which imagine the Nintendo sixty four with only two controller ports with all the four player games that were on that thing would have been a lot better. I think. Imagine two player Mario Party. <laughs> imagine that hell. Oh no, Ken Lob, thank you, I guess. Thanks, Ken Lob. Actually, no, no, you know thing, what? no, no, because if it had only been two-player Mario Party, it either would not have existed or it would not have progressed past the first game. True. Same with Smash Brothers. Wonder... So actually, Ken Lob is history's greatest monster. Shit, he is. Uh, another thing that I did not know about GoldenEye, uh, I do know that obviously a lot of the characters or a lot of the models in the game were based on uh, people who were just square, or not square, Jesus, rare. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> square soft rare, where it's an easy mistake. Sure. Uh, I did not know that Dr. Doke, the actual Doke, was a real doctor with a degree in biochemistry. I didn't know that either. Yeah, not an honorary title. Literal Dr. Doke. Cool. Just playing himself. Thanks, yeah. Dr. Doke. Yeah, thanks. Dude, I don't know how you got, like, a doctorate in biochemistry and you went to work on video games, but all right. Dr. Doke. He's going to heal you with his fabulous stoke. No. No, I know. No, he tried. Not really. If that's what you call trying, uh, you you tried as much as you needed to for this show. Uh, yeah, skateboard guy on the screen in uh in bunker. You remember that, right? You go into that little room with the safe, and there's like a computer monitor, and there's a silhouette of a dude skateboarding. No, but I'll take your word for yeah. it. Okay, well, that's Mark Edmonds, uh, who adamantly did not want someone to take a fucking picture of his face to use on any <laughs> of the character models. <laughs> Okay, but he was fine with him playing his skateboarding. Like that's fine. Uh, Which my favorite part of the documentary I was watching was like the 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 person who like they did most of the visual design. They're just like it was probably a good idea because he was like a ginger with really curly hair, and that does not map well. Ugh. Uh, Who was like standard soldier number one? Like, does it say? Oh, I've got like, no idea. Like, I like, could it, describe. I can't really describe the face, but you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, the the one who almost has like a Max Payne face. Yes. Or the one who looks like really dopey and like. No, the Max Payne one. Okay, I don't know because part of this isn't just that they were taking pictures of other developers; they were also taking pictures of like janitors and stuff like that. <laughs> That's the kind of stuff I would expect from a Japanese studio, except they would do it for voice yeah. actors. Sure. I get the janitor to voice James Bond. Hey, the, that guy, he has spent a summer in the U.S., right? Come in here, he's going to be Dr. Wily. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, but yeah, no, I like that. In, instead, they took pictures of Mark Edmonds uh, walking around and then just made this skateboarding animation out of it. So he's technically in the game. Joke's on you, Mark Edmonds. Technically. Yeah. I want to see a video of uh, Rare Employees bail compilations. Oh, like yeah. the end of no, a Tony if you, Hawk if game. you beat it a hundred percent, you get like uh yeah, it's a whole bail comp that plays over the credits. Yep. Grant yeah. Kirkhope just busting it over a half pipe. <laughs> He's using a razor scooter. <laughs> I can see that. Kid lobs into extreme BMX. Everyone else is on skateboards though. Like, I don't know, this Mad Hoffman guy has got a lot of great ideas. So... Oh man, um, I don't want to get into it too much. Everyone knows that at some point this game was a lot more like Virtua Cop. Uh, but the thing that I did not know was that when they first showed footage of the game at Shoshinkai, that actually was from the Virtua Cop uh, build of the game. Huh. Uh, so you can go back and like kind of see some of it when it was like that. Turns out it's almost exactly the same. All they really did was make it so you can move around. That might also be partly why enemies just stand at you. Did you know? Dr. Doak, he left Rare in 1998, right after Goldeneye. He was like, man, forget this. And he was one of the guys that started Free Radical. Oh. So he's responsible for Time Splitters and Second Sight. Good for you, Dr. Doak. Thanks, Doc Doak. He got he got a doctorate. He helped James Bond save the day. He got that Goldeneye money. Did Time Splitters. Then they stopped doing time splitters, so at some point things stopped coming up, Dr. Doak. Uh, let's see, uh, Doak left Free Radical, now known as Deep Silver Dambuster Studios, which I don't, I don't think that's a real thing, in 2009, mm. set up his own Nottingham-based studio, Zinky Zonk, which would <laughs> develop games for Facebook. British, right? Because Zinky Zonk just sounds like such a British thing. Zinky Zonk released their first game, Gangsta Zombies, <laughs> July 2010, in partnership with Jolt Online Gaming. Oh, the company was dissolved in April 2013. What? Oh no, not Zinky Zonk. Yeah. Pour one out for Zinky Zonk. Hold on, I'm gonna check out Doke's profile. There must be something after that. Hmm. Hey, look, he's always got biochemistry to fall back on, so... True, maybe that's, that's just what he went back to. Because, yeah, it's, I don't see anything else here. Uh, he's on LinkedIn. Hmm. We could hire Dr. Doak? <laughs> send, send me his resume. Let's see if we can't find something oh, for Dr. Doak I would to have do. to join LinkedIn to take a look at Dr. Doak, and that's not going to happen. Uh, um... Yeah, there was there was one other. Uh, oh, the the only other thing that I kind of want to mention about the development of the game was uh, that they actually used a lot of motion capture for it, which could have fooled me. Yeah, I would not have guessed because everyone animates like bizarre marionettes. Yeah, so there is a good reason for that. They used. Um, so I'm wondering if you ever heard of this because I've never really kind of looked into it until now. But the flock of birds magnetic tracking system. Uh, yeah, so apparently... uh, flock of birds is of uh, Iran. Uh, yeah, ran so far away. Yep, that's that that's right. It's flock of birds. Yeah. 
Uh, no, this was a, a, a mocap system that actually got used a lot back then, was my understanding. I, I could be wrong about that because trying to look up flock of birds tracking system is very difficult on Google because yeah. it wants to bring up tracking systems that are used to like like measure the migratory path of birds. Right, like tagging um, birds and okay. Uh, yeah. The first... uh, but this was um, you, you basically had this box that was attached to the wall and then wires fed from the box to the back of like a pack that you would wear on your back. And then those wires would feed out of that and attach to your extremities. And then as you moved, it would track those in a very rudimentary way. First time I remember seeing motion capture, like video of it was for Splinter Cell, like the first Splinter Cell. But I think that wasn't actually like motion capture per se. They were like recording a guy doing it and then animating with that as a reference. Yeah. So... Yeah, but they, but they were this using was the actual, term like, oh, the hand's going to move this way, the legs are going to move that way, because we have, like, this this node attached to them. Um, yeah, and then you look at the game, and Bond is just standing completely still while gyrating one arm around. <laughs> He's just sliding around on the floor. I mean, that's all motion capture. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> they actually just did that. No, it was, it was great uh, watching this documentary for it, because they talked about how they use the same motion capture system for killer instinct and so they would come in right after the killer instinct guys and it was this tight hot room so it just stank to hell as they were doing all this just hot boxing everybody else's sweat yeah. uh, and they couldn't do like really drastic motions because if you did you would rip the box off the fucking wall who do you think's the smelliest killer instinct character because i would oh, say full uh, saber wolf no, see, that's the obvious answer. I knew you'd say that, idiot. Racist. I mean, are we going with, like, current? Because then I would say zits. No, I'd say from back then. Oh, from back then? Uh, I don't know, I'm still thinking Glacier is probably smelly. Ooh, yeah. Like, you wouldn't think it from looking at him, but I bet he just stinks to high heaven. Yeah, he he's one of those guys who's like, oh, I don't I don't use deodorant. I like my own natural musk. I I don't, but oh, come yeah. on, buddy. Deodorant's fresh. Bad. I just, wipe just a take stick a shower. of old you... spice all over my body every single day. Take a shower and use soap. It's all you need. Yeah, it kicks on to me like a chalky powder, <laughs> <laughs> but I smell great. Yeah. Everyone's always telling me, George, you smell. I assume they mean good because I got all the old spice on me. I mean, I uh, I just pull out the waistband of my pants and dump half a bottle of talcum powder in there. That works. <laughs> Open it at the end of the day, and it's just like it's like a bowl of paper mache. But hey, what are you gonna do? <laughs> It's just so much down there. You're walking around on a hot summer day in shorts. It's just puffing out like clouds <laughs> from under the wave. Yeah, basically. Let's look like pig oh. pen from Peanuts, but with talcum powder. <laughs> Closing recommendations. Do we recommend GoldenEye oh. 007 for the Nintendo 64? I say no. So I'm kind of finding out with this show that we're falling into three categories of recommendations, which is no, yes, and check it out for like historical reasons. I say 
pop it in, play the first two levels, fuck around in multiplayer. If you can rope some saps into doing it with you, that's it. Don't play any any more of the game than that. It's rough. It's not aged well. I don't think it was particularly good at the time, just that, you know, we didn't have many frames of reference for first-person shooters on consoles back then, especially not on the Nintendo 64. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Goldeneye gets by on the virtue of the fact that it was the first major console multiplayer shooter, and that is pretty much it. Yep. I mean, you know, it's a storied legacy. Uh, It's got to be in the Hall of Fame for all time, and I guess it's for good reason. uh, As a stepping stone for things that would come later. I never want to play it. If it weren't for Goldeneye, we would not have Perfect Dark. Right. Perfect dark. More for that we would time. not have time splitters. Oh, yeah. Like it, you have to respect it in that sense. That yes, this is a game that is not held up in any individual sense. But if it were not for this game, there are a lot of much better games we probably would not have gotten. That's true. That that like we would have got good first person shooters at some point. Regardless, I think that would have just happened. But like. There's a lot that you can trace their lineage back to GoldenEye specifically. And I'll say I do like the objective stuff in the missions. The yeah. execution of them, not always great, but the idea no. of that is really cool. I I would, I would also say that uh, I do wish there were more uh, first-person shooters where you could absolutely stealth your entire way through the game. Um, in, the, in the documentary I watched, Kim Law brought up like, Oh, what first-person shooters nowadays let you play the whole game stealth, or or let you just go guns blazing if you want to? And I was like, Far Cry, Deus like X. Far Cry Three. I played that whole, whole thing like pretty much in in stealth. Um, yep. Like I love that when you have that option. Um, so that's like a neat thing with Goldeneye, but also I think in Goldeneye kind of backfires because when you don't go stealthy, it just dumps enemies in nonstop, and that's not fun. No. But, yeah. Oh, it, before we end this too, I just want to mention the control level where Natasha's on the fucking computer and the enemies uh, are flooding in from all the corners oh. of the room. And it's like at the dead ass end of that level, and it's already a hard enough level on double O. Yeah. And I spent also... an entire day of my life. And if they shoot like at her, like, she just, just sits there and keeps typing. And then she's like, says stuff like, could you keep it down? I'm trying to focus. We'll see you next time. (laughs) Goodbye, dinosaurs. Goodbye, dinosaurs. Golden Eye, starring Piss Brosman. (laughs) 